Hi, I'm Dan Jones. And I'm Mia Lee, and we are the editors of Modern Love at The New York Times and co-hosts of the Modern Love podcast. We read love stories for a living. And by love stories, we mean essays written by real people about all forms of human connection. We're talking about everything from first dates to funerals, from sibling rivalries to new love at 85. On our show, we're going to bring those stories to life. We'll hear from the writers and also from the people who are written about. Relationships are the most important things in our lives. And the people that tell us their stories are just so brave, like way braver than I think I am most of the time. Yeah. They're so honest and so vulnerable. And listening to the stories, I feel like you absorb so much wisdom and you get a sense that you're not alone. You can follow Modern Love wherever you get your podcasts so you'll never miss an episode. We hope you'll join us. New episodes are out every Wednesday. From the New York Times, I'm Michael Barbaro. This is The Daily. Today. The Investigators, with multiple investigations now underway into Russian meddling in the 2016 election. Who are the men and women responsible for figuring out what happened and why? A profile of the new special counsel and the four Senate Republicans who say they will follow the evidence wherever it leads. It's Tuesday, May 30th. The biggest and most dramatic of the investigations is being led from within the Department of Justice. It was first overseen by Attorney General Jeff Sessions, who had to recuse himself because of his own ties to the Trump campaign. The major headline from Washington tonight, President Trump's Attorney General Jeff Sessions revealing he will recuse himself from any investigation into the Trump campaign. Then it was taken over by Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein, who gave up his control after President Trump suggested he'd had a role in firing James Comey, the FBI director looking into the case. We have major breaking news right now. The U.S. Justice Department has just named a special counsel in the Russia investigation. With public and political pressure mounting, Rosenstein appointed an outside figure to lead the investigation as special counsel, a man seen as beholden to no one, Robert Mueller, the director of the FBI before James Comey. Matapuzo tells the story. Mueller was nominated by George W. Bush in 2001. Bob Mueller's term in office will last longer than my own. And the next 10 years will bring new forms of crime, new threats of terror from beyond our borders and within them. Went before the Senate for his confirmation hearings. I cannot promise perfection, but I can commit to you and to the dedicated men and women of the FBI that I'll do my very best to earn your faith and your respect. Gets confirmed and is sworn in as FBI director on September 4th, 2001. Okay, so Mueller becomes director of the FBI, and then what happens? Seven days later, 9-11. Do you know if there were many people in the building? Oh, another one just hit. Something else just hit. A very large plane just flew directly over my building, and there's been another collision. Can you see it? I can see it on the shot. Oh, my. Something else has just... You know what? We just saw a plane circling the building. We just saw a plane circling the building. The world changes. And I don't think there's an institution that changed more and certainly more quickly than Bob Mueller's FBI. So how did it change? 
Well, overnight, it becomes you need to be a counterterrorism organization. You need to be the tip of the spear of our domestic national security. And the FBI was just not built for that. Hmm. This was a crime-fighting organization. And Mueller's job was help dismantle al-Qaeda, prevent terrorist attacks in the United States, while simultaneously reorganizing and redesigning the very nature of the FBI. Let me conclude at this juncture by emphasizing again the FBI's total and unwavering commitment to this investigation. We will not stop, and as I said before, we will leave no stone unturned until we have determined who was responsible for these attacks on our freedom. Uh, A lot of agents have described it as changing the engine on a plane while you're in the middle of the flight. (laughs) And what was Mueller's specific role in changing the FBI after the attack? What did he do? There were a lot of calls, both in Congress and by outside experts, who said, listen, the FBI is just not equipped for this counterterrorism mission. It can't be both a national security organization and a law enforcement organization. You should split them up and break it into two. Break it into two. You know, Mueller uh, did not want us to deal with any of these things. He wanted the Bureau to keep focusing on the job. And he believed that uh, we have a lot of threats going on. We need to focus on the cases. Hmm. My name is Ali Safan. I am a former FBI special agent. And I served under Robert Mueller when he was director of the FBI. The reason that Mueller has a mystique about him is he revamps the FBI. He directs the counterterrorism investigations into 9-11 and al-Qaeda. And he works Washington and saves the FBI and preserves it as a singular institution. He knew what kind of assets he had in the FBI and how to utilize this asset for the benefit of this nation. He's such uh, an amazing leader like that. What was Bob Mueller's leadership style like during this time? And and in particular, if you have any examples of it. Um, He was uh, personally involved. He wasn't uh, the type of director who say, okay, you know what, you uh, so-and-so deal with the day-to-day operation and I'll deal with the strategy. Mm -hmm. He... uh, in a way, sometimes micromanage things. Hmm. You know, he wanted to know details about different things. Uh, he had briefs in the morning and in the evening. Directors hmm. briefs where all the information were, you know, given to him about what's happening on the biggest threats uh, around the nation. So he uh, he was really kind of like hands-on uh, individual. He knew everything that was happening in the organization, and he put a lot of time and effort, you know, his own time to to focus Mm -hmm. on all these matters. He surrounded himself by people who uh, had a relentless work ethic, uh, didn't require a lot of sleep, and (laughs) and were away from their families. And so it wasn't, this was not a touchy-feely time for the FBI. I mean, Mueller is revered by, in many quarters, by what what he did, but was not a warm and fuzzy uh, manager. So at this moment, it is the Early 2000s, he's, he's starting to transform the FBI, as you've described. Everyone in the U.S. intelligence world is focused on how to protect the United States from another one of these horrible terrorist attacks. And the tactics are starting to change, as I recall, all around the U.S. government. What were some of the things that were happening? This was the moment where 
the Bush administration decided it was going to capture, detain, and interrogate terrorists or suspected terrorists Mm -hmm. overseas in secret prisons. It was going to hold them in Guantanamo. And we know that in the secret prisons, people were tortured and there were serious abuses Hmm. of prisoners at Bagram and Guantanamo. And this was also a moment when the Bush administration allowed its intelligence agencies to start wiretapping without warrants uh, and picking up conversations of Americans without warrants. And how did Bob Mueller's FBI and Bob Mueller fit into these new strategies and how comfortable was he with them? Mueller was not comfortable with the interrogation and rendition program that the CIA was running. And rendition, of course, is when... You grab somebody from one country, you take them to another country. And where where they could be tortured. Yeah. When we noticed that there was a conflict between our civil liberties and our constitutional principles and American values, Mm -hmm. uh, he supported us. Um, I was involved at the black sites uh, with the so-called enhanced interrogation techniques. And when we reported that and we refused to participate in it, um, the director basically pulled us back and he said, we don't do this, hmm. this kind of things. And that's why the FBI um, you know, was not involved as an organization into any of uh, these so-called enhanced interrogation techniques. And so he really drew a line in the sand for the FBI that many people feel really preserved the bright legal line for the FBI. Mm-hmm. The second thing is Mueller had mixed views on surveillance and wiretapping. Mueller supported the passage of the Patriot Act, which greatly expanded the government's ability to collect intelligence in ways that civil libertarians still think uh, have gone way too far. But Mueller also drew the line. There was a moment when the Bush administration wanted to reauthorize a data mining program. This is one aspect of the broad warrantless wiretapping program. Mm -hmm that the Justice Department said was unconstitutional and Mueller refused to go along with. And and what actually happened? How did he express Mm. his objection? Well, this is the now famous hospital bed scene that you and I have talked about, Mm -hmm. but it's always been told from Jim Comey, the deputy attorney general at the time, from his point of view. It was Wednesday, March the 10th, 2004. And how do you remember that date so well? This was a... uh, very memorable uh, period in my life, probably the most difficult time in my entire professional life. And that night was probably the most difficult night of my professional life. So it's not something I forget. Mueller was the FBI director, and he and Comey, who was the deputy attorney general, hear that people from the Bush White House are going to the hospital to confront John Ashcroft, the attorney general, who is recovering from surgery and is medicated, Hmm. and they want him to reauthorize this very controversial program that Comey and Mueller think is unconstitutional. And they they rush to the hospital. Told my security detail that I need to get to George Washington Hospital immediately. They turned on the emergency equipment and drove very quickly to the hospital. I got out of the car and ran up, literally ran up the stairs. There is a confrontation between Comey and the folks at the White House, and Comey got there first. Director Mueller instructed the FBI agents present not to allow me to be removed from the room under any circumstances. Mueller gets there a little bit later, and it is probably the signature kind of confrontation Mm. on civil liberties issues of the Bush administration. And so Mueller 
kind of locked arms with Comey and basically said, if the Bush administration didn't back away from its plans to reauthorize this data mining program, then Comey and Mueller were going to quit. I couldn't stay if the administration was going to engage in conduct that the Department of Justice had said had no legal basis. I simply couldn't stay. That would be extraordinary, the director of the FBI and the deputy attorney general saying we will quit our jobs. It would have been catastrophic for Bush at that moment to lose them. Hmm. And and he blinked and they backed away from that program. Director Mueller did not talk about this. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew about it until Comey mentioned it later and until President Bush wrote about it in his memoir. Uh, he wanted to shield the FBI from mm-hmm. any political pressure. So he did this. Uh, that was something between him and maybe one or two other people in the FBI. Mm-hmm. He is not a guy to brag. He is not a person to talk about these things publicly. Uh, he does not like Uh, the limelight. Uh, He is just about the mission. The FBI will be judged not just on how effectively we disrupt and deter terrorism, but also on how we protect the civil liberties and the constitutional rights of all Americans, including those who wish to do us ill. So what is the story in that hospital room? What does that tell us about Mueller and in particular about his relationship to authority? I think what it really tells you is that Mueller views the FBI as a special independent place and views the administration of justice and the Justice Department as separate from the administration Hmm. because I think the prevailing wisdom at the FBI is We're not on anybody's team here. Hmm. On any given day, we might have to investigate anybody, and we don't want to be buddies with anybody. Do we know why Bob Mueller decided at the seeming end of his career to take this assignment as special counsel in charge of overseeing the investigation into the Trump administration and Russia? So true to Bob Mueller form, he has not said anything, right? I mean, that is— Anything. Anything. That is uh, one of the jokes around Washington. I mean, Bob Mueller wouldn't tell you if your shoes were on fire. <laughs> um, but there aren't many people on the short list in Washington who could get this appointment and put both sides at ease mm. and give them confidence that, that things would go well. And, and Bob is, is one of the most important and respected law enforcement figures in the country. And so – I think there's a sense of duty or, you know, a sense of of country. If you're asked to do something that not a lot of people can do that has high stakes and and preserves an institution that you care deeply about, I mean, that's all in Bob's wheelhouse. He will uh, follow the facts. And if there is anything, rest assured, he will find it. And I don't think there's anyone in Washington that can deter Robert Mueller from doing the right thing. If you're Donald Trump and you feel this is fake news, who better to investigate it than somebody who's going to try to remain low-key and isn't going to sensationalize it and is willing to walk away from a case at the end? Now, if there's a problem, I'm not sure I would want Bob Mueller to, to be the guy investigating me. We'll be right back. 
When times became uncertain, Womply pivoted their technology platform and committed to help small businesses and self-employed workers get approved for their PPP loan. In just a few months, Womply has helped 1 million businesses across America to secure much-needed funding so they can continue to stay open and serve their communities. Womply helps small businesses thrive. Visit Womply.com to learn more. Of all the congressional investigations into Russian interference in the election, the most influential is overseen by the Senate Intelligence Committee. Eight of its members are Republican. Seven are Democrats. Which is kind of unusual. So, you know, just the movement of a couple senators in either direction can change the balance, which is why these four people are so important. Carl Hulse has identified the four Republican members who he believes could sway the outcome of the committee's investigation. Senator Collins. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. They are Senator Susan Collins of Maine, most moderate Republican in the Senate. Is this a recommendation that you believe should be implemented? It's hard to believe we're even having this hearing today discussing this topic. James Lankford, who was a youth minister a long time in his home state, and he sees this effort as part of his calling, really. This is not new for the Russians. They've done this for a long time across Europe. Why now? I've got about four questions. Why do you think there was this element of surprise? I mean, this Roy is Blunt, not- uh, really a veteran senator from Missouri, and is like the consummate congressional deal maker. Sowing chaos and division in our politics. Marco Rubio, senator from Florida, of course, was a presidential candidate, very interested in foreign policy and America's position in the world. Was that not their goal? And if it was, have they not largely achieved that based on how this issue has been discussed? since the aftermath of the election. And they are sort of serving, uh, from my perspective anyway, as an impetus from the Republican side to keep this thing going and get it to a credible end. We are working very hard, and we talk a lot with one another as well. Uh, You sat down with Senator Susan Collins. Where did you talk to her? So I talked to her in her personal office. And Susan Collins, of course, she's the most moderate Republican in the Senate. Uh, She's almost what you would used to call a liberal Republican, but that that doesn't exist anymore. Interesting with Senator Collins. I was a 21-year-old intern during the Watergate summer of 1974. She was an intern here for William Cohen, the then congressman from Maine, who as a freshman was on the Judiciary Committee and helped write the articles of impeachment for Richard Nixon. So as we say in, in Washington, this isn't her first rodeo. In fact, she, she'd mentioned it to a, a younger reporter the other day, and he said, oh, you must mean President Clinton's impeachment. <laughs> And I said, no, (laughs) this was before you were born. (laughs) She knows from the inside how to conduct congressional investigations. She was a senior Senate staffer before she ran for office. What did Senator Collins say is the kind of day-to-day work of this? I mean, what are they actually doing in the Intelligence Committee? How are they going about investigating this? You know, it's kind of a grind, I think. It has not been easy to get access to some of the information that we need. The Intelligence Committee has negotiated with the CIA to get access to some extremely sensitive, what we call raw intelligence data, which is, you know, not analyzed by the CIA and uh, with a finding, but the actual material they collect. 
And they have to go out to Langley and sit in a room by themselves. I can tell you that I've been three times. And pour through these documents, and there's thousands of them. And I've spent many hours going through the raw intelligence. There's a reason why we don't usually get raw intelligence. It's not vetted. It's not verified. The source may not be reliable. So it's been a very interesting exercise. It's one that makes our intelligence agencies very uncomfortable. They want judgment and expertise to be brought to bear. But if we're going to get a full picture of what went on, we really need access to those reports. This is a complex investigation. And as you pull the threads, you find it's connected to a whole lot of other threads in this tapestry that we're not yet seeing the whole of. What did Senator Collins say about the sudden appointment of a special counsel by the Department of Justice and what role that might play in potentially complicating the Senate's own investigation into this? When uh, Robert Mueller was appointed, it was sort of a surprise, as you recall. I mean, no one was really expecting it that day. Democrats had been pushing for a special counsel. And immediately there was concern raised, like, how is what is this going to do to the congressional investigations? And the Intelligence Committee in the Senate is considered the top investigation. They really have the jurisdiction uh, to get at this, probably the, the deepest way possible. I see the appointment of a special counsel as being complementary to the work that we're doing in the Senate. Only a special counsel has the authority to file criminal charges if they are found to be warranted. Only the United States Congress could pass a law that imposed new sanctions on the Russian government if we establish their involvement. So we have two very separate missions. And they seem to be pretty satisfied that they can continue their work while the FBI and the special counsel do theirs. What did Senator Collins say about the Republican Party investigating one of its own? In the White House. Well, I did ask her uh, whether or not, you know, if she's willing to follow through all the way if it could potentially blow up on her party. And, and she said it. That was her desire. To have allegations that a foreign power tried to interfere with our choice of whom should be the next president of the United States is alarming, to say the least. We need to continue our investigation. We need to follow the evidence wherever it leads. And this is an issue that is taking up a great deal of my time. But I think it should. I think it's that important. If it turns out it's bad for your side of of the aisle, you won't have any problem with that. I really want to know what happened. I want to know the truth, no matter who is implicated, uh, no matter where the evidence leads. Here is what else you need to know today. He's a great guy, decent guy. His number one, <clears throat> number one interest really is the, is, the, uh, is the nation. The Secretary of Homeland Security, John Kelly, is defending Jared Kushner amid revelations that he is among the figures in the Trump White House now under scrutiny in the FBI's investigation into Russia. 
The Times is reporting that Kushner proposed establishing a secret communication channel between the incoming Trump administration and the government of Russian President Vladimir Putin during a meeting with the Russian ambassador back in December. Any information flow into the government and then considered uh, by the government, I won't criticize that. I don't think it's a bad thing. Uh, all of these lines of communication are, are you know, a positive thing in my opinion. The channel was never set up, but Democrats, including House Intelligence Committee leader Adam Schiff, said it raises new questions about the White House's ties to Russia. If these reports are accurate right after that campaign, after that intervention, to have uh, the president's son-in-law, a key player within the Trump organization, trying to establish a back channel with the Russians uh, through a Russian diplomatic facility, you have to ask, well, who are they hiding the conversations from? That's it for The Daily. I'm Michael Barbaro. See you tomorrow. You're still running your business on QuickBooks? More like quicksand. The bigger your company grows, the faster you sync with outdated software. NetSuite by Oracle is the scalable solution to run all key back office operations, no matter how big your company grows. 93% of surveyed organizations increase visibility and control since making the switch from QuickBooks to NetSuite. Right now, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash daily. That's special financing at netsuite.com slash daily. netsuite.com slash daily.